going to go to John 14. We're going to take another step. Take another step tonight. Say, we are the ecclesia. Do you believe that tonight? Say, we are the ecclesia. Say, I am the church. Say this with me. Say, in the gates of hell will not prevail against me because I am the church. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to read you something before we get started tonight. When we start, we're going to start in verse 11. It's really funny how he downloads the timing that he downloads things. You can be driving or you can be in the shower or you could be just waking up in the morning or you could be even in the middle of a really anxious situation. And if you learn how to hear his voice, of course, I believe he's talking all the time, but if you learn how to hear his voice and tune in, he will literally bring revelation knowledge right in the midst of adversity. I'm so thankful for that. Can you say amen? amen. So just listen to this for a moment. It's just a little nugget he gave me, and then we'll go ahead and dive into this because tonight we're going to take another step. In fact, I'm so excited. I have 31 minutes, and I'm going to deliver what he gave me to deliver. You know, I promised God a long time ago I'm not going to cut worship off just because I think I need to teach or something, unless he tells you to. But when his presence is here and he's ministering to people, he can do more in five or ten minutes in his presence than you could a thousand years teaching. Thank you for those five amens. Hallelujah. In his presence is fullness of joy. Say that with me. In his presence is fullness of joy. And what does the joy of the Lord do? It gives us strength. Some of us need more of his presence. Feeling weak? Need to get in his presence. You need some joy. Hallelujah. So here's the nugget. It is impossible to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, and also on everything that's surrounding you. And we'll read it again. It is impossible to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and also have your eyes on everything that's surrounding you. Your eyes cannot be focused on Jesus if you're looking at everything else around you. And when you look at everything else around you, <laughs> the enemy can cause your circumstances to literally call God a liar. I'm going to read that part again. <laughs> your eyes cannot be focused on Jesus if you're looking at everything else around you. And when you're looking... At everything else around you, the enemy can cause your circumstances to call God a liar. That's why it's so important to keep your eyes fixed on him. I love what Brother Dave said this morning. He said, faith is something that you can see before you actually receive it. 
See, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And if you're depending on three services on Sunday, if you come to all three or one of them or two of them, or even in that midweek service, if you're depending on that to hear from God, we're teaching you wrong. You need to hear from God every day of your life. The word needs to be poured into you every day of your life. Can you say amen? So I'm going to read it again. It is impossible to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and also have your eyes fixed on everything else that's surrounding you. Your eyes cannot be focused on Jesus if you're looking at everything else around you. And when you look at everything else around you, the enemy can cause circumstances to call God a liar. That's why it says in Colossians, it says, set your affections on things above. See, we need earthly things in order to function in the earth. But if you're depending on your circumstances and you're depending on earthly things to bring provision, and I'm not only talking about financially, I'm talking about peace. When's the last time you had a good long stretch of peace? And I can tell you this, your peace has nothing to do with your storm. When Jesus was in the bow of the ship... And the storm came, and the disciples were falling apart. They were falling apart just like a cheap clock. Jesus was asleep. I'm going to say that again. Jesus was asleep. Are you hearing me tonight? Jesus was asleep. Jesus was not afraid that he was perishing. Because he knew that he knew that he knew that until it's time for him to go, he's staying. Someone needs that tonight. Until it's time for you to go, you're going to stay right here. But you've got to stay in peace. You've got to trust the master of the wind. You've got to trust the master of the rain. You've got to trust the master that's in the bow of your ship asleep. So stop flying apart like a cheap clock. <laughs> Get in some peace. Have you ever heard of that song? Peace, peace. Wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Love brings peace. Hallelujah. Love is in his presence. Say, love is in his presence. All right, now we can begin. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to start. Let me get over here. We're going to start in verse 11. We're in John 14, verse 11. He says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, 
He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater. Now, in the Greek, the word works is not there, so I'm going to read it without because it makes more sense with what Jesus is really saying here. He says, he says, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works or greater than these he will do. Say greater than these. So Jesus is making a statement here. He's saying the works that I do. You know, there's another verse that said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. For when the night has come, I can no longer work. So what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, all these works that I came to destroy the works of the devil, I came with the works of my father to destroy the works of the devil. And all the works that I'm doing right now, raising the dead, healing the sick, casting out devils, getting people free, preaching the kingdom. He said, all of those works you'll do and greater than these, not greater works. He's not talking about healing more people than he healed. He's talking about something else here, and I want you to get this. Greater than these shall you do. Everybody say, greater than these. Greater than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Well, thank you, Jesus. That makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> you're going to go away and leave us here, and now all of a sudden we're going to do greater? <laughs> Say, he's not done. Say, he's not finished. Say, keep on preaching. Preacher. <laughs> and whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Wow, what a vision Allie had tonight, my Lord. My goodness. I always heard, you know, and we, we even sing it, all the glory belongs to him. And what we're saying is this, is all that glory belongs to him. But do you know that he said that the same glory that he gave to the son, the son's going to turn around and give to you? It's not glory in the aspect of you're going to be, you're going to get glorified on the earth and Receive all that God. You know what he's talking about? I'm going to pour all that glory that I poured through the Son. Does that sound familiar? All these things that I do, you'll do also, and greater than these shall ye do, because I go to my Father. He says, if you ask anything. Can I ask you a question? What does anything mean? <laughs> you mean some things? Maybe things? Once in a while things? If God's having a good day, things <laughs> say anything. He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Say he will do it. If I ask in his name. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Why can't the world see the Holy Spirit? Because it takes the DNA of the Father to recognize who the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> Why can't the world see the Holy Spirit? Because it takes the DNA of the Father. So you cannot see spiritual things with carnal eyes. 
You have to you have to be born again in order to really see the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. Hallelujah. So you, you've got to have the eyes of the Spirit. You've got to have the DNA of your Father. You've got to have the eyes of your Father to see really everything that the Holy Spirit is doing. He says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now the reason why they could see it is because Jesus was the anointed one that was with them presently. So through what Jesus taught and through anybody preaching the kingdom, even John the Baptist, when he, when he said the kingdom of God is right now, it's, it's here. When he preached that, that's opening the door for the Holy Spirit to bring more light. He says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come unto you. Say this, I will, I will. not be comfortless, but I shall be comforted. Because the comforter shall come and comfort me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go down to verse 25. Are you with me so far? Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring Bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. There's even one verse that says, when he speaks, he will not speak of himself. And if there's anything that I want to get across to you tonight, there's only one true comforter. There's only one true spirit of truth. There's only one true Holy Spirit. And his role is, in our lives, in our ministries, in our future, in everything we do, his role is to reveal Jesus, the word, on the inside of us. You cannot receive revelation knowledge outside of the Holy Spirit showing it to you. Men cannot give you revelation knowledge. You may be sitting in a service, you may have been meditating a part of the Bible, or you may have been listening to the Bible or reading the Bible, and all of a sudden something that someone says clicks, and it goes from your head down into your heart, and all of a, all of a sudden you go, wow, I just got it. It was still the Holy Spirit that did that journey. Preachers and teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, are sent to equip but we can't give you power. Only the Holy Ghost can bring power on you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Say this. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit comes, to me. comes to empower me. Say, he comes, he comes to clothe me, to clothe me with, God's with God's anointing. Woo. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> say, I am. The ecclesia. Say this, say, I heal the sick. I raise the dead. I cast out devils. Blind eyes open. Deaf ears open. The maimed are made whole. The lame walk. Some of you are sitting there going, I, 
I wish I could do that. You can. You can. Hallelujah. I was in Columbus not too long ago. Prayed for my sweet Pentecostal aunt. I mean, I tell you what, she's been walking with Jesus longer than I've been alive. And I prayed for her. And I told her, I said, Aunt Helen, I said, when I pray for you, I said, there's a real strong chance your arm's going to grow. Because God already told me to pray for her. And even if he didn't tell me, it's his will to heal her. And sure enough, I pulled her arms up. Of course, my uncle, he was, he was close, had his eyes closed. Sally was standing there. I said, I said, watch. And all of a sudden, her arms started growing. I want to tell you that anywhere you go, Anywhere you're at, no matter if you're with people you know or people you don't know, God can use you to pour miracles and healings through. And that was for free tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, now let's turn over to Jude 19 and 20. So right here, Jesus is telling us, chapter 1, by the way. <laughs> There's only one chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of you just got that. <laughs> what Jesus was saying to the disciples, he said, I'm going to go away so that the helper can come, so that the spirit of truth can come, so that the one who will lead you and guide you into all truth can come. Jesus said, I am truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So when the Holy Ghost is going to reveal truth, what do you think he's going to show you? Do you think he's going to show you the magical number to the color code of that curtain over there? I mean, he could. But he came to reveal Jesus unto you. Revelation knowledge is like light. This sanctuary has no outside windows, so if you turned off... How many has ever been in this sanctuary when it's been pitch black? I come in here all the time, it's pitch black. I get a light on real quick. I like light. <laughs> I had to drop something off the other night, and I came through, and I just wanted to you know, check, make sure lights were off and everything, and I was walking through the building, and that back hallway, those... Think it's the ceiling tiles. They like they like to rattle when no one's around. While I was around, it started a rattling. I turned around. There's no one there. I said, "All right, Holy Ghost, let's go." <laughs> when you turn on the light, it brings illumination. If I turned all the lights off and then I told you all, now run as hard and as fast as you can through this sanctuary, you'd say, you're dumb and I'm not doing that. You know why? Because if you can't see where you're going, you're going to trip and fall. God never designed for you to walk through this life in darkness. He designed for you to walk in the light as he is the light. Hallelujah. And he brought Holy Spirit into our lives to help us, equip us, anoint us, and bring revelation knowledge. So all of a sudden, we right out in front of us in our path, it's dark. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost just clicks on the light and we go, oh, yes, I can see to take that next step. 
He never designed you to be without Holy Spirit. He never designed you to be operate outside of what Holy Spirit can do. He never designed you to be without the helper. Can you say amen? <laughs> Woo! I get a little fired up when I start talking about the Holy Spirit. I've learned how to. Everybody say how to. How to. See, I've learned how to let him help me. Do you know that he's ready right now? He's ready right now to help you, but you got to let him help you. He's a gentleman. He's, gonna, he's not going to force his way. You can make decisions from now until Jesus comes, and if you never ask him, he'll never give you his opinion. You've got to learn how to listen. <laughs> Everybody say this, say, I will learn to listen to Holy Spirit. Do you know he, he's real smart? I mean, he, he, he doesn't wake up and go, oh, that really surprised me. I was sleeping. Sorry about that. Didn't see that coming, Michael. Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll be more in tune the next time. Oh, no. He sees my coming in and my going out. He sees... For I am the one that brings illumination into even a dark path that's in front of you. For I never called you to walk in darkness. I've called you to walk in the light. For even as you allow me to illuminate your path, I will bring revelation knowledge that will click the light on and show you things to come. I will even show you things to come before they happen, says the Lord. I will show you things. I will show you even if you're called to make billions to fund the gospel. I will show you witty inventions. I will show you things before someone else would invent it. I am the giver of witty inventions. Wow. I will show you attacks before they come. And I will show you how to prepare for the battles that are coming. <laughs> I will show you how to receive revival in this city and in this county. And then I will teach you how to equip new believers and disciple them so that they can go and do the same thing that you're doing. Hallelujah. Well, this morning... Um, Pastor Dana, I think it was Pastor Dana, was talking about what was the story that God brought a warning. God brought a warning of something and prevented something. Blake, getting hit by the car. If you weren't here this morning, I'd go back and listen to it. See, that was Holy Spirit because someone was listening. Someone was listening, and it probably saved Blake's life. Hallelujah. 
I don't know what that does to you, but that just kind of gets me excited. I just, I just got to dance a little bit. Hallelujah! Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> I'm feeling his glory. Woo! Hallelujah. Mm -mm -mm. When I feel that, I don't need no organ music to dance. I just dance. <laughs> Hallelujah. So remember me saying, if you'll listen, he'll talk to you. He'll show you things. Right here in verse 19, Jude 1, verse 19. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, having not the spirit. In the King James, it says, these be they who are essential, having not the Spirit. And see, this is a book written to the church. This isn't written to sinners. So when he says, these are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Say, praying in the Holy Spirit. Say, praying in the Holy Spirit. Say, praying in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. See, he says, these be they who are sensual, or these be sensual persons. In other words, these be they. Remember what I said at the beginning? Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> he just tied it all together. Because I felt real led to read that. Remember what I said at the beginning? If you have your eyes fixed on your circumstances, you can't keep your eyes focused on Jesus. That's what being sensual is. He's not referring to sexual sensuality here. He's referring to being sense-dominated, being sense-ruled. These be they who are sense-ruled. These be they who have developed themselves to follow their five senses and their emotions. And he even comes down, he says, having not the Spirit. Romans, the eighth chapter, says, There's therefore now no condemnation or no condemning sentence to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. In other words, there's a different law working in me. Why would I want to go back to the law of sin and death when I have the law of the spirit of life living on the inside of me? And when I pray in the Holy Ghost, building myself up on my most holy faith, when I pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is praying out the perfect plan of God right out in front of me. And if I want to pray for an hour... He'll flow through me for an hour. If I want to pray for five minutes, he'll flow through me for five minutes. If I want to pray all night, he'll flow through me all night. How do you know that? Because I've done it before. Several of you in here have done it before. I was so hungry, I would just pray. I'd put strong coffee on, and I'd go over to the church and lock myself in the church, and I'd just pray all night. All night. All night. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. 
We better go one step further and shut this down before we get all. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go to First Corinthians. These be they who are sense ruled, having not the spirit. In other words, you've trained yourself to operate more according to your five senses and your emotions than you have the walk of the spirit. He said, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. What does praying in the Holy Ghost do for you? I'm so glad you asked me that question. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 14, 2, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak. In the, in the King James, it says he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Everybody say mysteries. mysteries. Would you say that if I knew a mystery, that it was dark? In other words, if I had a mystery that I didn't understand, that means I'm in the dark. But all of a sudden, when the Holy Ghost speaks a divine mystery through me, now, let me ask you a question. Do you think the Holy Ghost is just going to pray some mystery through you so it can stay a mystery? No, he prays mysteries through us. And at the end of that praying, that whole mystery through us, <laughs> he delivers revelation knowledge that now becomes the very light that I walk by. Hallelujah. So when he says the word mysteries here, he's talking about the mysteries that have been hidden God since before the foundations of the world. And now all of a sudden you have God. Say God. God. You have God who's taken up residency on the inside of you in the form of baptism. And he is just waiting on you to release him to pray those divine mysteries and those divine secrets through you. <laughs> for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God for no one understands him however in the spirit he's speaking mysteries he who speaks in an unknown tongue he's not talking to men he's talking to God for no man understands him you know what that includes that includes us there's been a lot of people ask me questions about speaking in tongues or praying in tongues. They say, well, I just don't feel real comfortable because I can't understand it. That's the point. <laughs> he took the understanding away from you because you don't even know what's good for you. If you knew what was good for you, you'd be, you'd be walking over there right now. You'd be praying in tongues. <laughs> You think you're praying in that fat new car. Hallelujah. That fat new house. For some of you, just a video game. You'd be happy with that. You just pray in tongues and walk the floor. The Bible says your mind is unfruitful. So in your mind, you think you're praying one thing. And he's really praying that you put that anger problem to death for good. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> 
You don't understand what you're saying. But the Bible says you're not talking to you and you're not talking to men. You're talking to God. How be it in the spirit. The word how be it, it's an analytical word. It means because of this is the result. So because of you praying in tongues, you're now speaking divine mysteries. One preacher said, well, the reason I get so troubled is when I pray in tongues is because the devil understands it too. I got news for you, honey. The devil don't understand it. And that's why he has most of us convinced not to do it. He is deathly afraid of a believer spending long hours praying in the Holy Ghost and building themselves up on their most holy faith. I think I'll go pray in tongues. <laughs> Let's go to verse 4. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, if you're Baptist in here tonight, don't take offense to this. But this is where the Baptist always got me. They got me on this verse, and they got me on the verse over in chapter 12 where it says, Do all speak with tongues? Well, if you leave the verses in their setting and you read before it and you read after it, that's not what he's talking about. Because if you read right after it, it says, Do all interpret. There's more than one diversity of tongues. I'm just introducing this tonight. But we're going, to, we're going to segue into a series talking about how the Holy Spirit is our helper. And what does praying in tongues have to do with anything? Well, Michael, we sing in tongues for two or three minutes on Sunday morning. That's awesome. I hope we never stop doing that. But you need to do it at home. You need to do it in the car. You need to do it while you're mowing your lawn. If I was you, I'd get so used to my tongue praying in tongues that every time I wasn't even thinking about anything, my tongue would just start moving and let the Holy Ghost pray through me. You know why? We need it. We need it. Have you taken a look at us lately? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. What this means is this. So how many has ever had a dead battery in your car? You call AAA or you call dad. <laughs> or you, call, you call your son, you call whoever. You say, hey, you got jumper cables? Can you come over here and jump me? So they come over, and they pull their car up. You put both hoods up, and they get out their jumper cables. Now, the correct way to do it, I think, do you put them on the, you put on the running car or on the stalled car? I think you put it on the running car first, and then you put them on the stalled car. I could have it backwards. But anyway, when that connection is made negative to negative, positive to positive, and you turn that ignition over, if that battery has any life left in it worth living, yeah. all of a sudden your car starts turning over and it, your car starts. That's what I call edification. Because here you are, you're edifying yourself, you're building yourself up. 
praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, it starts your engine up. It takes you a step at a time. One more verse, then I'm done. And I'm just introducing this tonight. We'll take, we'll take a deeper look at this next week. Go to Romans, the eighth chapter. I don't know if I gave them this, this verse, but if you can follow me, that would be great. Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 26. You may say to yourself, well, all those mysteries that you're praying, Michael, what does it do? How does it affect me? How does it help me? I mean, how does it help me to pray mysteries? Because see, the full circle of prayer is when you pray in tongues, if you don't stop, eventually the revelation that you're praying out will become illumination on the inside of you. Paul made an amazing statement. He told the whole church of Corinth, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. Oh, just to finish a thought over there in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, 14th chapter and 4th verse where he says, A man that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. One who prophesies edifies the church. If all we ever got together to do was just pray in tongues, we may not get edified as far as in English go. We get edified in the spirit. But that's why Paul set parameters. He said, when you're in a public assembly, if tongues comes forward, you need to explain what's going on. When we sing in tongues on Sunday morning, Brother Dave always explains it. He goes, let's sing in the spirit and sing with our understanding. It's scriptural. Paul said it. But if you just have a bunch of people standing up and just shouting out in tongues and there's no interpretation or there's no delivery of what's going on, you can have confusion, even though they're still edifying themselves. They could be out of order. Sure is quiet in this Pentecostal church. Next week, we're going to take a look at the four main diversities of tongues and what they are and what they do. Three of them only come when Holy Spirit deems it necessary. One of them you can operate in any time you want, and that's your prayer language. So over here in Romans 8, 26... This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. And he's really talking about the difference of walking in the spirit versus walking according to the law. If you read the whole book, he has this argument going the whole time. He even talks about greasy grace. <laughs> well, what kind of grace is that? That's grace that says I can do anything I want and live any way I want and still go to heaven. You better, you better pray you have a moment of repentance right before you get raptured or right before you, you, you walk into heaven. That's another, that's another time, another subject. <clears throat> Romans 8, 26 verse, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For when we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I'll say this and then I'll close. In the beginning of time, before the foundations of the world, when your name came up, 
the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit was all sitting there. Jehovah God, the Logos, and Holy Spirit, whatever name you want to give them, they were all there. They're three in one. They're three distinct identities in the Godhead. They're three distinct persons, but all of them make up one essence. One is not lower than the other. It's not Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're all co-equal. And if you think that they get in an argument, you don't know God. It's impossible for him to argue with himself. He's not like us. Before the foundations of the world, God spoke the name Mary White, and he probably knew whatever last name you were going to have when you go home to be with Jesus. <laughs> In other words, he, he knew her married name is what I'm saying. He spoke her name, and he spoke her plan. He said, she's going to do this, and then she's going to do this, then she's going to do this. And then this will be the final season of her life. She's, she's going to accomplish this. Those mysteries are hidden God. And when you choose to edify yourself and pray those mysteries out, it says, he who searches knows what the mind of the Spirit is, and he prays the perfect will of God. I don't see any... And I'm sorry, but what's your last name now? Robertson. Robertson. So well, I know her as another name. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> there is no first, second, and third book of Mary Robertson in this, in this Bible. But guess what? In the Spirit, there is. And every time you open up your mouth and you pray in the Holy Ghost... You're speaking those divine mysteries. You're speaking the absolute, perfect will of God and the plan of God for your life. And in that plan is everything you need. He knows, he knows if you're going to need a jet down the road, or he knows if you're going to need a bicycle, or he knows if you're, what kind of car you're going to need. He knows everything about you. And I'm going to tell you something. He's not chintzy. He made streets out of gold in heaven. He's not a cheapskate. He does everything above and beyond what we could ask or think. He's El Shaddai. He's always more than enough. So when he created the plan for your life, he never wanted you to want for anything. He wants you to walk in abundance. Why does he want me to walk in abundance? Duh. So you can help other people who don't believe in abundance. And then you can get them to believe in abundance. And then they'll start helping someone. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying out the plan of God. As I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm praying Michael Kelly's plan, the book of Michael Kelly. And it unfolds a mystery at a time. And it unfolds a chapter at a time. And I'll tell you what, if you would ask me even five years ago that I'd be standing here tonight with all of you doing what I'm doing, you, I would have said, you're crazy. But see, thank God for praying in the Holy Ghost. I didn't miss the mind of God. I'm here tonight doing what I'm doing because this is what he called me to do. Why don't you stand? Hallelujah. <laughs> Did you get anything out of this tonight? 
Besides all my hooping and hollering, whew, I get excited. Hallelujah. Well, Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that these hearers in this building right now are within the sound of my voice online. Anywhere that this is heard, Father, I thank you that this is received in good ground. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that every single one of these people will open up their heart <laughs> to Holy Spirit and allow him to flow through them like never before. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to pray those mysteries. We give ourselves over to you in the name of Jesus. Let the church say, amen. amen.